Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Vigor or strength, restoration or an awakening of acceptance, awakening in the church or community. So basically a bringing of life, an awakening of strength and restoration to a church or to a community. So that means a revivalist is somebody who brings restoration to life, who brings strength and who brings acceptance. And I just thought that was cool to kind of look at the definition of that. I like to look at the definitions of things to better kind of understand like what is this that I'm speaking on or what is this that I'm trying to study or understand. So what is a way that we can bring revival to our campus and to our home, our communities? It's by showing people that they're loved. And I think that the number one thing in life that anybody looks for, consciously or not, is love, right? Is love and acceptance. And, and we look through it. You see it all throughout, like, every, all, the majority of songs are all about love, right? Ever looking for love, heartbroken over love, found love and lost it. Like, so much music, especially country music. Are there any country music fans? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, Michaela. Dominic would do the same exact thing, so we're all the same age. I love, I grew up in the country, I love country music. So many songs are all about, you know, you had a bad day and you crank up your rascal flats or whatever else it is that's just going to make you cry a little bit and you, thank you, yes. And just, because uh, it, it reaches something, right? There's something about watching movies or TVs or shows about love that kind of touch us in our hearts. There's something about it that, like, we, we want that. God's heart for us is to know and love him intimately. Being in relationship with him is what gives us the ability to love others that we wouldn't be able to do so on our own. So the heart, my talk, topic tonight is loving others and how our goal in life is to show to love others and to love other people and to be able to go above and beyond kind of what we can only do so much, like as I can only do so much as Emily to love people. But when I go through God's eyes and when I go through what God says about people and who God says I am, it gives us that much more of an ability to love people at an even greater capacity. Um, does anyone have a hard time loving people or am I the only person? Okay, thank you very much. I work in customer service and there are so many days that I come home, thank you. Uh, that I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? Like before even eight o'clock in the morning, some days I'm just like, okay, I'm all done with people. I'm going to go sit at my home and read a book and just like shut everybody out. Cause sometimes people are really hard to love, like really hard. And sometimes even the people that like we love in our life, our family sometimes are hard to love. You know what I mean? But I wanted to share a little bit about, I, uh, what Jesus kind of says about, about loving people. And so Luke 27, 36, it says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get it back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others for a full return. Love your enemies. 
do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you will be truly acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your father is compassionate. This like was getting me really today as I was reading it and preparing just because I, it's hard to love those who have wronged us. It's hard to love people who challenge us or who test our patience, you know, and it, you know, there's always that saying too that like, I love you, but I don't really like you right now. You know, like, I, but sometimes it, even in like, when I look at this, I look at it from the standpoint that like, God has called us to like, love as he has loved, meaning unselfishly, without restraint, without like, um, limits on it, we have, we are called to love other people. And so often we put, uh, like standards on it. Like, well, if this person does this, this, and this, then I'm going to love them. Or if this person acts this way, or if my, my employees or my boss does this, then I'll come at them in a loving way, but otherwise I'm not going to treat them that way, or I'm not going to respond to them in that way. But that, but as like, as a Christian, we are called to, despite how we feel about them, or despite how we feel about a situation, called to love them. And I think that that's like, at least for me, that's a really big challenge because it means being completely selfless. It means saying that like, despite what I feel or despite how I have been treated, God, I know what God says about you. So I'm going to choose to like overcome that and overcome myself and choose to love you in spite of that. Now that doesn't mean that we choose to like, that doesn't write off if we've been wronged. It doesn't write off when something bad happens, but it means that we're saying we're a big enough person to say, I'm going to step over this situation and choose to love you in the midst of the circumstance. Does that make sense? So the reason that we have the ability to do that is because of first John four nineteen. it says we love each other because he loved us first. Period, end of sentence. That is how we have the ability to love other people. That's how we have the ability to love, period, is because he loved us first. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if Jesus didn't love us, right? Like God created Adam and Eve because he, he loved man and he wanted to have relationship with us. So that means, like he said, be fruitful and multiply so that we could all be here so that he could love us. And then we in turn get to love him and other people. We can't do anything without Jesus loving us, right? Without the fact that he sacrificed, God sent his only son because he loved us. So God, because God is love, we love others. So 1 John 4, 9 through 12 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one, love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. I think like that last one is, is so much of what gets me is, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. <laughs> There's this, this saying uh, that I like, didn't even know I'd heard. I heard it somewhere and then I had to look up who it came from, but uh, Gandhi actually says it, it says, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And I mean, like even like <laughs> someone who is not a Christian gets it. Like if we want to see 
people encounter the love of God, if we want to see our society change, if we want to see our circumstances change, we have to be that change, meaning we have to be that love here on earth, right? God says that we're his representatives. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. So that means that our call, our, our responsibility even, is to be that love. And I think so much now, like a problem with our society and even our generation, if I'm, I'm going to go there, is that we are really good at like pointing out what everybody else does wrong and how we think that they should do it differently instead of loving them in spite of the situation. And um, this, was like a, this was like a memory that I just had. I don't remember was but uh there was a um like a I don't know what it was but I think it was like a I don't know if it was like a gay rights marathon or something like that and a bunch of Christians like stood out at this marathon and held like signs out that just said we love you and all the and like 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 we love you and we're sorry that you've been hurt and it's like it's not necessarily like there's this verse I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself but um Luke 747 Jesus is talking about uh the woman that broke the alabaster jar at his feet. And, and one of the things it says is like, those who have been forgiven much, love much. Those who have been forgiven little, love little. And so when we, it's, it's not about like coming in and like condemn, 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 condemn. It's all about like, let me come in and let me love you. Let me come in and show you. It says, Romans 2, 4 says, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the condemnation. It's not the, um, like the, the right and wrong, like, yes, those are all important things because we need to know that, <laughs> like, it's all in the Bible. But Romans 2, 4 says, do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? So think of a situation where you have felt wronged or maybe you're upset at somebody and the first reaction that we want to do is probably to like react back, right? We want to yell or we maybe want to correct them or we want to get in an argument and prove ourselves right. What if the point of our dispute with them wasn't to walk away saying I'm right, but walking away saying that person felt loved even though they were wrong and I know that they were wrong? Or not, or not even worrying about like who's right and who's wrong. If we left every argument saying like we came at, we walked away and we might, maybe we have a difference, but we walk away going, okay, that person felt loved and encountered by God. I think that like that is such a huge challenge for us in so many different ways, right? Whether it's in school or with your parents or with your friends or if you're in customer service or with anybody that you come across on the street. We so badly want them to see our point of view. Like, I am right. This is why I'm right, and I'm proving to you that I'm right. Or hearing them out and finding a way to go about it, walking away, saying, okay, I, I have said whatever I needed to say, but you feel loved because I heard you out and I listened to you and I was the face of God in the midst of this situation. That doesn't mean you got to come out preaching. I mean, there's moments for that, of course, but there's also moments to just simply love them. And if that means that they need to like yell and get angry and you still love them and you have like challenged yourself to just wait and let them finish and then say, okay, I'm sorry you felt that way. Like, I'm just going to take care of it or <laughs> whatever it is, you know, and not having to be right. And I don't know why I'm driving that point home right now, I guess, but maybe because it, I think it applies to all of us because I think there's a sense of pride in us, right? That we, we have like a misunderstanding or a disagreement. We want, like, I'll just use us for an example. Like, I really don't like when Dominic's right. 
Like, because, because like, and not in like a, not in like a bad way, but more in a like, like yesterday, like, because, because when he's right, he comes in this way of like, of, of like when we're talking about like a flaw or like an issue where like I'm mad at God about something and Dominic's like just sitting there and proving every time like in the most loving way possible and not like doesn't matter that I'm getting mad at him he's just like loving me in the midst and just like saying this stuff and he doesn't even need to prove his point because I know he's right because his love like the love of God is coming through him and his patience to like listen to my attitude and then at the end of the time I'm like okay you're right I'm sorry I'm sorry I yelled at you because it wasn't your fault and I was just upset. Like that like so changes the way I have viewed arguments <laughs> because when we get into a disagreement, he comes from a place of love and wanting to like reason it out with like what does the Lord say versus where I'm like, I just want to be right. And I want to like walk away being like, I'm right and you were wrong. And that's wrong. Like I will admit that. Like a part of it is just my personality, and I'm, I'm working on it. This is a flaw here. I'm being vulnerable with you guys. Does anyone else relate? Is anyone else this way? Okay, thank you. I thought I was the only person that was stubborn. Sorry. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay. I think that sometimes that that patient love to like listen and hear people out and come from that place leaves so much more of an impact than when we like take a stubborn stance and choose to like try to prove our point. Because Dominic, like the, what he, don't proving his point would have just made me be that much more stubborn about it. Cause I was like, I know you're right, but I don't really want to hear it. But because he's like, look, like God loves you. I love you. And this is the situation. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Like it was so much easier to accept that part. You know what I mean? Anyways, I totally went off on this, like, tangent about being right and wrong. Sorry, I don't know. But I guess, like, the thing is, is um, there's so much that we even do, I think, in our day in and day out and how we hand- handle circumstances and situations that impact uh, people. And I think if, what if we were to change the way that we think about how we do everyday mundane, mundane tasks and interactions to a way that people feel known and loved? If you're, you know, hanging out and you're going to your Starbucks and your local barista, like making eye contact and saying hi, Lauren Irby, yeah, you know, making contact, saying hi, how was your day? Um, you know, like what is it, you know, or whatever, just being like real with people, like taking the time to put our phones down and just be actually real with the person in front of you, even if it's a two second interaction. Like we have this, I work for Panera and I have this guest that comes in our cafe all the time that Every time I see her, I'm always like relieved because she's the nicest person ever. She always asks how our day is. She comes in with the most like cheery thing. And every time I see her, I almost like want to cry because it's always in the midst of a bad day. And I'm like, you are just my favorite right now, you know? And we all have those people. But like, what if we all as Christians made it a point to be those people everywhere we went? Because so much of the time people hide how they're actually feeling, right? We, all of us do, and whether we know it or not. And so what if we, because we don't know, like someone might look like they're totally great and totally okay, but we really have no idea. But if so, in everything that we do, we make it a point to love people and just to love them, even as simple as like, hey, how's your day going? How are you? I hope you have a really great day. I hope you have a blessed day. Like Jesus loves you. Or, Or not even saying that, just saying like, you're awesome. Thank you for making my drink so great. Or thank you for my sandwich. Or thanks for helping me with my homework. I don't know, whatever, whatever the circumstance might be. Like that could so profoundly impact somebody way beyond what you might even know. Um, 
This week, I, like I, I mentioned before, I know I'm talking a lot about work references, but uh, I'm a general manager for Panera Bread, and I have, um, I don't know, like 30 plus, 40, 40 plus staff that work for me. And um, one of my goals, just in general as a GM, is to help make sure that I help meet everyone's like availability and needs and I want them to just like know that I care about them like that's so like that is like I'm gonna get emotional like that's so important to me like if they walk away like whether they love their job at Panera or not but they knew that like we cared a lot about them that's like all that I care about because to me that's like them getting to encounter the Lord like there's so much I can't stand there and talk about him all day long I've got a business to run but like if I can show who he is in the midst of a crazy day or in the midst of like hard situations and being understanding it changes it could change everything and I have a girl who um, had a really crazy personal situation happen, and she has to, she had to like put her two weeks in, and she's moving uh, far away. And uh, I, her last day was the other day, and I went to say you know goodbye, and uh, she just said she's like, "Can I give you a hug?" And I was like, "Of course," you know. And uh, you know, being like the boss, most of your staff don't want to hug you, so. <laughs> and uh, she just said, "I just want to say thank you for showing me what an employee should be treated like." And she's like, "I'm walking away here with a different standard of how I should be treated." And I was so floored, like, because to me, I was just doing, like, what I felt like I should do because I care about my staff a lot. And to have someone say, like, almost that exact back to me, I was like, okay, like, in the midst of all the hard stuff I've gone through with work, like, and all the days of, like, wanting to give up and the stress being overwhelming, like, that was worth it because somebody walked away like knowing that they were cared about and that they were loved. And I was like, oh, if every interaction we had could be, could be like that, even if it was that simple, like how much are we going to change the world? <laughs> like we don't like, yes, missions are amazing. I love missions, but we have so much right in front of us that if we were to love, if our goal was to love every single person that we came across, like Jesus did, how impacted could this campus get? If every single, if our goal is just every day was to be like, hey, how's it going? I hope you have a great day. Like, hey, you're awesome and you're loved. You know, I don't, whatever you feel like you're supposed to say or do, like, and, or even just having kind interactions with people. Like, sometimes people don't have nice interaction with anybody all day long, and your one act of kindness can change everything. And it, um, yeah, I just think that there's so much that we can accomplish by looking at the fact that because, he loved us so much. We have the ability to love others. And because of that, we can change the world simply by showing someone what love is. And whether that's an outright like introduction to the gospel or whether that's a simple like, hi, I hope you have a really great day. There's so much opportunity in our day in and day out life to change the world just by loving people. And I just want to, we're going to transition into some small groups in a moment. And I just, I just really feel like um, before we go, I just want us to take a minute and close our eyes. And we're going to kind of talk about this, but I just kind of feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do. So I'm going to do it. Um, and I want us to just think about like somebody today that helped make our day really great and how much that impacted you. Or if maybe to, not today, maybe another day where you were just having a rough one and how somebody impacted you and to think about like that ripple effect that if we were to let that the love that we have felt in that moment for the love that we feel from God even if it was just like you took a moment to pause and you encountered God's love if we were to let that ripple out from us into every interaction we have today 
think about every interaction you had with somebody you don't know, or maybe even your coworkers or someone that had a bad day. And just think about like, oh, if we just simply show the love of God through, through our actions, through just living out life, how changed could our campus get? How changed could our city get? How changed could our families get? And so much of the Bible talks about loving others and loving our neighbor. And I, and I know we read it and, it and it impacts us, but what if we really apply it? What if we really take the time to love our neighbor and to show them the love of Jesus through what we do? So God, I just thank you so much. God, I thank you so much that you have loved us so that we can love other people. God, that you loved us so that we have the ability to love other people and show them that they are loved just like we are. And God, as we get ready to get into groups and just chat a little bit about this, God, I ask that you would really uh, stir in our hearts how can we every day live out your love to change the world around us? that can lead to the next person changing the world around them, to the next person changing the world around them. And how like amazingly complex but simple the fact that God, that you love us, can change our whole life and the lives around, of those around us. And if you're in this room tonight and you've never encountered God's love and you're like, this is cool, but I don't really know what you're talking about, I want to give you the opportunity right now to encounter him and to give your life over to him. And if that's you or if that applies to you, I just like you with every eye closed and head bowed, I just want you to raise your hand and say that's me and we want to pray with you today. Awesome, come on. Because God wants to encounter you. God wants you to see his love because of you, not just for other people, but because he loves you individually for who you are. That's so important for us to know that first. Thank you, Lord. So God, I just thank you for every heart in this room. I thank you for every person in this room. And God, I just thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, that, that your love overflows in us, that we have the ability to show that and change the world around us. I just thank you, God. And we're so excited to be able to take this and walk it out every day, to be able to challenge ourselves to love others in such a way that they encounter your love. So we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.